on today's show, the Dallas Mavericks get a win, a palate cleanser of sorts against the Portland Trailblazers. No Luka Doncic. Kyrie Irving set the tone. What did we see from him and the Mavs role players? And more. We'll talk about that coming up on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks. I believe you shouldn't be here. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show, making Locked On Mavs your first listen today. Where the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day, leave a five-star review, like the video, and comment anything below. Let us know what's one thing you saw in this game that you liked. Mavs versus Blazers. Mavs get the win. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And joining me, as always, on the postgame, the postgame prodigy, what you got for me, slightly biased. Why was there so many cop cars at that Miami mall? I've, the question that everyone has been asking. <laughs> this is the podcast you turn to when you want to hear about giants and now aliens. <laughs> yeah, they said they were eight foot aliens. <laughs> it's only during these blowout wins we talk. We start talking about aliens, <laughs> and giants, and conspiracy theories. To be fair, I started my stream before the game even started with that because I was. It was the last thing I saw before the game started, and I was very <laughs> perplexed by it. It was weird because okay. So if you haven't seen the story, there's a there's a TikTok story going around where there was like honestly like a hundred cop cars at this Miami mall, and they said that they were there because teenagers had like fireworks and stuff like that like explosives and like stuff and so they like all transcended on it and uh yeah i don't know i don't know if you need to send that many cop cars to to cover a miami mall they there's a lot of saying i'm just saying a lot of reliable people said that there was aliens (laughs) it look if you're watching on youtube it looks like the aliens are about to land right in front of me because they decided to use the uh the dave and busters like (laughs) banner around it so i look very orange right now just a (laughs) cover-up Yeah, they're, logo. they're landing right in front of me. <laughs> We're going to talk about the Mavs win against the Portland Trailblazers. Does the score even matter? I guess i got to say what the score is. 139 to 103, Mavs get the win. And we'll talk about Josh Green. We'll talk about Jaden Hardy. I thought they had some good games, maybe some bounce-back games, maybe a, a games to kick off some of their, their play. We'll talk about some of the, the uh, end of the, the bench guys. Can they make any kind of impact that we saw in garbage time? But I want to start here slightly. No Luka Doncic in this game. Tons of guys out for the Mavericks. Luka, Derek Lively, Grant Williams, uh, Exum still out, Markeith Morris, Maxi, Rashawn Holmes. Am I missing anybody? Just no, like- it, was, it was seven guys. <laughs> seven guys out. So the Mavericks really only had like eight or so guys that were on the active roster that were like the, the regular roster. And Kyrie Irving was playing in this game. It's his, it's his you know, one of his first games back, and he set the tone in this one. He came out early, and he came out swinging, and I thought that – the way he set the tone in that he came out, he had a mismatch against uh, Duop Reith, froze him in his tracks, and then finished with contact. He hit a three, and he had 12 points in the first, like, five minutes of the game. What did you see from Kyrie, and why was his first 12 points so crucial for him? Yeah, because, I mean, with no Luka, it's it's hard to beat a team four times in one season, regardless of how good they are. It's hard to beat – Followell said this on the broadcast, that it's hard to beat a team uh, in these two-game series, these little baseball series. Yeah. And I, unless I misheard him, I think he said the Mavericks haven't done it in their last 12 series where they've swept a playoff, a baseball series. 
in the last that twelve makes, times that, that makes happened, sense. Which that is makes sense. Kind of a, I, the only one I can think about is the New Orleans one, where it was just a blowout and a blowout. It was like, yeah, like we went both ways. So I mean, that, that's kind of remarkable that they haven't done that. So this is difficult to do, and with no Luca, I mean, the, the Blazers came out much better than they did a couple nights ago, and it was a 9-0 run immediately a few nights ago, and the game felt yeah. over, you know, three minutes into the game. Uh, so Kyrie scoring, Kyrie being aggressive, and, you know, yeah, his offense was great in the first quarter, and I thought it, it got the ball rolling for the team. But all the other stuff that he did, too, really kind of set the tone for the Mavericks. Yep. And one thing that I just love with Kyrie, watching him, obviously his basketball skill is just, like, maybe unmatched. I, I don't know if there's anybody just as skilled as he is in the league with all the different things that he can do. The bench, just anytime he does anything, oh, the they bench love is reaction. They love it. It's, it's not like a get up, like, yeah, good job, Kyrie. It's like a, oh, my God, what did this guy just do? I think it's just like everyone's so enamored by Kyrie on the basketball court that I feel like in a weird way, it's like a morale booster. Like everyone's just like, I need to, I need to ball out now because Kyrie's doing crazy <laughs> stuff. Well, it's almost like when that cool uncle comes over and you're like, you're, you're playing pickup and you're like playing for like a family reunion or something. You're like, oh, I got to show this cool uncle that like I can do things too. That like I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not a stiff on the courts. Like you got to show out. But they really do. And like we've talked about Kyrie being an influence for the Mavericks, bringing in players, getting other like, players do really think he's like awesome and cool. Yeah. And like players will always put him up there. They'll vote for him for all star. Like, you know, they'll do all that kind of stuff because they just have so much respect for what he does and the talent that he has. And I think players really respect stuff where they look at it and go, I can't do that. I should be able to do that. It's not like a physical thing where it's like Wemben Yama, he blocks Giannis at the peak and not like there's no player in the NBA that goes, Oh man, I should be yeah. able to do that. Like right? Like, yeah. It just doesn't happen. But with Kyrie, he does like a dribble move or a finish. Like, he had some crazy uh finishes and you just look at it and go, Man, I could be able to do that if I really like tried and worked on it. So I respect that. Yeah. I respect the heck out of what that guy is doing. Yeah. With and, Kyrie. And he also just has especially this season, what do you watch? He does so much dirty work. Like, Kyrie has is been. known for, obviously, his incredible offensive skills, what he's known for. But, man, like, he's led the team in rebounds each game he's been back. Do you know that? Yeah, that's true. That's true. He had nine tonight. Yeah, I mean, three guys had nine rebounds tonight. But he's technically tied for the lead. Still two steals, led. two blocks. He had multiple plays where these these trailblazer centers, I mean, God bless him. He just, like, they're trying to post up Kyrie. and <laughs> Kyrie's not budging at all. But not only that, he's, he's stripping the ball. He's tapping the ball away from him. And those yeah, little poke arounds. I mean, it's just crazy. He had two blocks, two steals. And I think he had two blocks in the first quarter where, like you said, that they would try to get in the lane and he just smack down on the ball. Something Dirk used to do all the time. It's just yeah. like slap down on the ball as they try to get in the lane. But Kyrie set the tone, I think, really helped this team because they come out, and especially when they don't have Luka, because Luka sets the tone every every night. Like, he, right. just, he comes out. Last year, I think he led the league in first quarter scoring. Like, it's just something he does. He comes out. He's, he scores. He sets everybody else up. He does all that. And without Luka, you have to have somebody do that. I, th- I thought Kyrie really filled into that role. What do you think about Kyrie being aggressive two games in a row? Because we saw him aggressive last game. It was something that he had mentioned before. We said, all right, I've got to just be a little bit more aggressive. I, I think it makes everybody else kind of fall into line. They just need somebody else like that to be a go-to scorer because that's what they brought him in to do, right? Like they have other stuff to, on yeah. the roster, but they don't have like go-to scorers like that. I mean, scoring early is always important. And just when Kyrie comes out aggressive – not only does, you know, it's good to see points on the board, but it takes a little bit off Luka when Luka's playing because Luka, like you said, Luka led the league in first quarter points last year. I mean, usually the biggest burden, it feels like, it's Luka in the first quarter, <laughs> as weird as that sounds. But then, uh, you know, uh, it just gets the guys going, and it gets the defense like, all right, here we go. Kyrie's being aggressive tonight. That's one thing. That w- that's another thing that we really have to focus on. Like, it's not just going to be Luka. 
and Kyrie's just kind of passive and, you know, maybe we can help off Kyrie a tiny bit. Like if Kyrie's going, that adds just a whole nother complete and total wrinkle to this offense where, you know, Kyrie's being aggressive on ball, that so much help is going towards him. And, you know, in a game like tonight, obviously it's different. But when Luka's on the floor and Kyrie's generating help and now Luka can operate more in one-on-ones or, you know, uh, even when defenses are rotating, which you rarely ever see with Luka, but when Kyrie's on the floor and aggressive early, those are the type of things you get. And it's not that the stuff he was doing before, like when he wasn't aggressive, wasn't good stuff. Like like you said, he was trying to set the tone with defense and trying to, you know, dive on loose balls. Like he was trying to, like, rebound. He had that joke with us at media day. Like he thinks he's, a, you know, a four, like a, a power yeah. forward in the NBA because he wants to do those other things and be, be not just known, like, I feel like he doesn't want to be Harden, right? Like, can we compare that with him? Because there's well, definitely something between him and Harden where I don't think he wants to be that kind of guy where it's like all he does is just – score and or like create and on offense and that's it like I, I think he wants to try and shake that and so he tried to do that early on but the Mavericks need him to be aggressive yeah. to be that score guy I mean he said a couple nights ago he didn't want to step on anyone's toes coming back in the jazz game I wonder if someone pulled him aside and said hey man just hey don't worry about stepping on toes you're the one with the toes Kyrie <laughs> we got some we got some uh, steel toe boots start stepping <laughs> we desperately need you to step uh well, I don't want him to step on any toes because then he'll roll an ankle, and we don't need True. that on this Mavericks team because, good Lord, yeah. they had so many injuries. How did they overcome him? It wasn't just Kyrie. Who else stepped up? What do we see from Josh Green? Because I think this is one of his best games of the season. We'll talk about that and more coming up. Today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want for your job. It's not just another job board. They have a vast network of more than a billion professionals. That, that can't be the right number. A billion? There's like 8 billion people in the world. What makes it the best place to hire Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. That's like here to, like, you can get a candidate, like, in 24 hours? That's insane. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering qualified candidates and hires versus leading competitors. Check out LinkedIn Jobs. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnMBA. LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnMBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This is also brought to you by BetterHelp. Everyone has something in their life that they want to talk to somebody about. They have something in their life that you need to work through, uh, something that you're just like, I don't know how to get past this. It's like a block in my – it's a mental block in my head, whether it's rebounding if you're a Mavericks team or if it's something else. You need to talk to somebody, and BetterHelp can help you with that. I've benefited from therapy. I still go to therapy myself. I've used BetterHelp in the past. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist. Celebrate the progress you've already made and keep going. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Locked on Mavs, being part of the show, part of the Raccoon Squad, listening every day. Shout out to everybody I saw at the game. Uh, I saw someone from high school at oh, this man. game. I went to high school in Ohio. So what? That, that was pretty wild for my broadcasting class. So shout out shout out to everybody that I met today. I met Bates for the first time. I, I think it was the first time. But uh, I met a ton of people today. Appreciate each and every one of you. And, uh, yeah, come see me at a Mavs game. All right, slightly. The Mavs get this win. It's a, it feels like a palate cleanser. It feels like, all right, the Mavs take care of business. They win this game. They win it outright, and they just dominate a team that they should dominate, even though I kind of think – I was looking at these two teams, and I go, all right, Anthony Simons, Jeremy Grant, uh, Shaden Sharp, Matisse Thought. I'm like, they're kind of evenly matched with all the Mavs injuries, right? Like, I felt like at a certain point that they were tonight. Yeah, I, this Blazers team just died. I mean, that was like – They do. 
that was a pretty sad showing. If, if I were a Blazers fan, obviously you're a rebuilding team and you're in the grow, you're in the pain part of the growing pain currently, trying to figure out this these trio of guards. Uh, but I'd be really disappointed by what I just witnessed and how that team just completely rolled over and gave up basically. It's like one of those things where the bottom, if the, if the bottom falls out, it, like it falls out deep, and you just yeah. you just can't, get, they just couldn't get it back, and like, and it's like like those the veterans that they got, like Brogdon's terrible right now, and he's supposed to be like a stabilizing sort of presence for them. Aiton's not playing, and um, you know Jeremy Grant's just Jeremy Grant at this point. Would you want Brogdon for like a second, like since he's playing so bad? Like, would you take him for the Mavs? I'm not entirely sure because it's weird. With- There's already a weird guard. There's a weird guard thing. You also already have Exum, who's emerged. Like if they didn't have Exum that emerged, yeah, I would I consider. Think, that. I think I think I would consider it for sure. But Exum's been really good. I mean, yeah, and even even like Seth when Seth has to play is not bad at all too. Is is the thing? I and thought then, he was good in this one. Yeah, Hardy has flashes, and he's Hardy's been looking a lot better in recent games. So, yeah. Speak. Let's start. Let's start with Jared, Jaden Hardy. He played just about 32 minutes, 19 points. He had he had. Nine rebounds, nine assists. I didn't even realize that. that he yeah, he, they were. You didn't know that. They were hunting. He was hunting it. It was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, the, let's just say the garbage time that was not. I was not the most locked in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> time, but and I was not watching the broadcast. But yeah, nineteen points, nine rebounds, nine assists. He hit three of seven from from three. And something with Hardy, we've been trying to watch is. Can he have a good game without hitting, like, five threes? And that's the only thing he does, right? And I felt like in this one we finally saw it where he's able to create a little bit. He was able to, to set other guys up. He was kicking out to shooters. Like, he was doing a lot of stuff. And this just felt like maybe this was a hardy confidence game where it just felt like you needed to get him out there, play a bunch, and then, all right, get into some of the rhythm of, of actually playing basketball again and not just being a spot-up shooter. That's kind of it. Yeah, and we talked about how Kyrie had the nice start to the game, but the first few possessions of the game went through Hardy, not just uh, scoring, but also creating for others. And I, I wonder if that was uh, like, like the first basket of the game was a Hardy made three for the Mavericks. Yeah. The next field goal for the Mavericks was a Hardy assist. I wonder if that was, uh, I don't know, maybe a, a concerted effort from the Mavericks where it's like we need to get Hardy going. Obviously, we want Kyrie to be aggressive, but we kind of want to get, get Hardy going because this is going to be a big game for him with no Luka and he's going to have to contribute a good amount. So, yeah, this was nice to see. And like you said, his passing was crisp tonight. Like, that's the thing, being aggressive, kicking out, finding the right player, finding the right guy, four turnovers. I mean, I can live with that. That is what it is. Uh, yeah. Well, he's going to have but, the ball that much. Actually, four is pretty good. Yeah, four is not bad. I mean, nine assists, four turnovers. So that's two to one, over two to one. We'll take that. What do you take – what do you think about some of the uh, – let's do the, the conspiracy theory. I don't have the music with me, but <laughs> – Hardy wiped his Instagram, quote-unquote, oh. of no Mavericks mentions. He took his profile picture off. Uh, what do you think about that and then, like, a, a potential, like, Hardy trade down the road? Do you think he's somebody that the Mavs would look to, to move? Definitely think Hardy's a pretty clear and obvious trade guy on this team. For sure. Uh, like, if the Mavericks look to upgrade, I think Hardy's definitely going to be one of the guys who are included in trade packages. That's just the nature of the league. But um, <laughs> how old is he? 20? I think he's 21, right? I mean, the social media stuff that I was doing when I was that age, wiping your Instagram, <laughs> that could mean a million different things at that age. Could mean he broke up with somebody. Broke he up was... with his girlfriend. His girlfriend, uh, the girl that he's talking to didn't message him back. I mean, it could be a wider range of things. I would love to know how often do those are those things actually synchronized where it's like, this player just wiped everything. I was looking because as soon as I got a whole bunch of texts on the subtext line about this, and, uh, <laughs> and I was like, all right. 
let me go try and look back through. And there's like a couple. There's like DeMar DeRozan did it, and he got traded for Kawhi. Uh, Anthony Davis did it, and I think he got traded. Like, it's happened before. Well, that's guys, different, though. AD was like wanting out. <laughs> where guys have wiped it before. But it, he didn't like wipe all of his pictures of yeah, he was, And he also didn't do his Twitter either. So it was like, okay, well. He changed his profile picture to a black picture. <laughs> I mean, that is just the most clear-cut, obvious 20-year-old. I'm mad. My girlfriend did something I don't like. She said that she was going to Target. It could also have been just the LeBron, like, I'm locked in. So social media thing, you know, like, lock in. I doubt it. But, no, I don't I don't take anything from that. I don't think I don't anything either. of it. But people were combining the Hardy wiping the Instagram with Rashawn Holmes being out for personal reasons for a couple games here and, like, trying to combine it. Um, yeah. I don't think so. But Hardy could be a guy that the Mavs move because they do have this, you know, ex- with the emergence of Exum and – they signed Seth Curry. Like, they have this redundancy at this weird, like, guard spot of they don't really like, create a sh- shot like that. Like, that's not their primary thing, but they can, and they can secondary create and do all that. And it's hard for me to see Hardy getting minutes, like, especially in a playoff setting. Like, what, yeah. what world would, would Hardy get playoff minutes? Like, what would have to happen for the Mavericks Injuries. for him to do that? Yeah, it w- really would be that. And so he represents some future potential that I don't know that the Mavericks can even invest in. Right? Yeah, that's, that's that's what I was going to say thing. too. Because Kyrie's under contract for the next two years, guaranteed. You have Luca. Uh, was Seth a one year deal? I mean, either way, you Seth this, and Seth and Exum, I think, are the the guaranteed one year and non guaranteed the next year. So I think they'll be back. Okay, so it's not like this weird guard log jam is just going to clear itself up in the off season because a guy's moving on or something like that. So. I don't know. It's interesting. I, I still think to this day, they, they didn't go out and get Seth and get these. Uh, they, it came out today that they wanted to go get Malik Beasley. So they were looking for a guard. Uh, Malik Beasley himself said that. They were yeah. looking for a guard. So that makes me feel like their plan is when they make a trade, it'll be one of the guards who's still think it's Tim probably. He just made the most sense to me. But Yeah, he just he makes he makes enough that he could trade it for another contract. Uh, yeah. Malik Beasley was on Chris Haynes' live stream on Bleacher Report. And he said what slightly just said that the Mavs offered him. He said three to six million, which is right about what Curry got. Curry got four, and yeah. so it makes sense that they are deciding probably between Curry and Malik Beasley. Beasley decided to go to the the Bucks. Works out for him because he's a starter now. Um, but I just listened to Lockdown Bucks the other day, and Frank Madden after after game was like, "Who do you think should start in the playoffs? Because it shouldn't be Malik Beasley." I was like, "Oh, God. <laughs> very aggressive anti Malik Beasley." And so I don't think the Mavs missed out a ton on that. Um, no. Yeah, I think I think Seth can do pretty much what he did, but uh, but yeah, it's, it does sound like the Mavs were trying to make that decision, and that was also at the, around the time when everybody, including Tim Hardaway Jr., thought that Tim Hardaway Jr. was going to get traded, right? Like, and yeah. so I don't know. It's still, I guess, it still could happen. Yeah, I re- I really was like surprised at how, not just like them going out and getting guards and Exum and Seth, but how quickly they did it. Seth was like two or three hours into free agency when it when free agency kicked off that that was shocking to me because I thought they were their focus would be a backup center or wings so that that just kind of signaled to me that they thought something was going to happen but you know that we got a month and uh now we're into January and what do they still need backup center wings (laughs) yeah (laughs) you can never have too many wings but the Mavericks desperately need some no absolutely not uh Josh Green I want to give out I was going to say, I, I watched the Lakers. You could definitely have too many wings. <laughs> too many one-dimensional wings. That will wings. Actually so it's shoot. definitely possible. Wings that will yeah. try and put the ball in the basket, I think. You, you know. I want to give credit to Josh Green because he's been kind of maligned this season, and I thought he had a really solid game. 14 points, five rebounds, five assists. He had a steal. 
Uh, he was plus 28, which is the highest on the Mavericks. He was 7 of 8 from the field. He was flying around. I thought he was playing really good defense, too. Made Anthony Simon's life difficult in this one. I thought it was a really good game for Josh Green. The other story that came out today was Jake Fisher on, uh, on Yahoo, our friend, friend of the pod. He said that the Mavericks have rebuffed trade talks about Josh Green in the past. To me, that signals that he was talking about Siakam in this in this article, and then he mentioned the Mavericks are not suitors, like not not viable suitors for Siakam. And then he throws in this line about Josh Green, how the Mavericks aren't uh, like they've rebuffed offers for Josh Green or like putting Josh Green into a trade. To me, that sounded like it was the Clint Capella, DeAndre Ayton, like those trades in the past. Uh, it's not like the Mavericks are so holding on to Josh Green they wouldn't trade him like for Siakam. I, I didn't read that from it, but. Anyway, I went like three asides from there. What did you think about Josh Green in this game specifically? We don't have to go big picture yet with it. No, yeah. I, I thought that was a weird article, just the inclusion of Josh Green there, because it did kind of imply that, oh, the Mavericks wouldn't trade Josh Green for Siakam. Then everyone freaked out on Twitter. It's like, okay, I, there's no, no way that's I, what I don't mean. think that's what it yeah. – But no, uh, Josh Green was great tonight, man. The, the energy the last two games from Josh Green has been infectious. And it's not a coincidence, too. You look at uh, – I mean, these numbers will clean the glass once they sort of take out garbage time because garbage time always produces a ton of just transition. These guys are sprinting yeah. up and down the floor. 22% transition. Too. Yeah, 22% transition tonight for the Mavs is the most of the season for them. That's the that's yeah. the most they've gotten out and run in transition so far this season. Uh, I'm sorry, it would be the second most behind the a Pelicans game. But it's not a coincidence that two of their you know uh, most frequent out-in-transition games, most frequently out-in-transition games, are since Josh Green came back because that's part of what he does is he runs. They run way more when he's on the floor, and uh, it's nice to have when he's energetic like this and flying around. He didn't even attempt a three tonight. Like no, yeah, no, no three he, attempts. Did, he didn't. He didn't need to. And the and the no. Mavs offense was a little different than the the Luca heavy drive kick drive kick drive kick. Like they weren't doing that as much. They were moving the ball a little bit more. You saw guys moving around, and that's the kind of offense that Kyrie wants to play, right? Like the like. When Kyrie got brought in last year, we saw such a dynamic difference between a Luka offense and a Kyrie offense. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I thought Josh Green had a really solid game. I liked what I saw from him. What did you think about any of the role, any of the end-of-the-bench role-player guys? The Omaxes, the Brandon Williams, got to see him. I think he scored his first NBA point. That's when the bench was really excited for him. Uh, Greg Brown. What did you think about any of those guys? Well, uh, Brandon Williams has played in the league, hasn't he? Maybe his first Mavericks point. Yeah, I think it might have been his first Mavericks point. He scored yeah, on that and one, and the bench just went crazy. Yeah, well, that, he he's kind of nice. Like he he's got some he's got some moves, and he's got a bit of a bag to him. I, I kind of like what he brings to the table. Just just from like, uh, oh, that guy is that guy's really skilled and fun to watch. Uh, I'm way off. It's not even close to his first NBA point. Apologies to all. To apologies to Brandon Williams and the Williams family in general. Yeah, because oh yeah, this was a revenge game for Brandon Williams because he played on the yeah uh, he did play on this team he did play, he played on the uh, Blazers a couple years ago when they were like really tanking I think but uh, AJ Lawson I'm convinced he could be like an eleventh man where he, he doesn't did. play every game but he's like the first of the the outside of the main rotation guys who get run whenever it's time uh, I just like his energy I mean he was hype and screaming and yelling and like a thirty point game. I love that. That's infectious. The Mavericks don't usually have guys like that. They're usually kind of even keeled and, you know, Luke will talk some smack to some of the other guys, but just when you watch some of these other teams, they don't really have like that maniac who's just insane the entire game. Could AJ Lawson be that? It reminds me of, of when Dorian hits a three in front of the visiting team's bench, you know, yeah. like he was kind of a little bit of a maniac in that way where he would just, you know, go off. But 
Yeah, A.J. Lawson to me, he reminds me of when – you remember when P.J. Dozier was on the Mavs? I think he was like – it was early. Maybe it was just training camp, but he was on the Mavs, and you're like, oh, I can maybe see where this guy can play. Then he goes to the Nuggets, and it's just like an end-of-the-bench contributor where he's, he's coming in, he's starting some games, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I feel like A.J. Lawson, if he went to a, a different, maybe a better situation, could be a guy like that, that in the right spot he could he could play. And if they didn't have Josh Green, if they didn't have Derek Jones Jr., who are kind of similar players to him, that he would get more of an opportunity. Yeah, no, I mean, he's he just plays his role really well. He doesn't go outside of it pretty much ever. And, good, he, he is fast. I mean, geez. Very fast. It's insane how fast he is. Also went up for a disgusting putback dunk. Insane athlete. And Omax, two two for three from three. The three is looking a little better. It's looking more in rhythm. He's looking more confident with it. I still believe in Omax. I, yeah, he's going to be a good player. I, I promise you guys. I don't know I, when. Yeah, I, I said to the subtexters, I was like, I don't know if he's going to contribute this year, but he will contribute. Like, it, maybe it's start of next year. Maybe it's middle of next year. Like, he will at some point because he's just got too much, like, athleticism. He can He can handle. Like, he was handling in and out of traffic in this game where I know it was garbage time. I know it wasn't the Blazers' best guys, best defenders. Uh, maybe the Blazers don't have best defenders besides <laughs> Matisse Thibel, but he was dribbling in and out and, like, going to the rim. And, like, he's got he's got stuff in the NBA, and I, I just really believe in him. I think I think he's going to be able to play and contribute. Yeah, and, I mean, we already talked about Brandon Williams. Greg Brown is Greg, – Greg Brown is, like, a unique kind of wing because he's, like – he can block a ton of shots. There's just not a lot of wings that you can – like expect to do that he plays almost like a like an no I want to say old school but not that old school like a small ball four remember when small ball four was like a thing yeah <laughs> where all of a sudden you're like oh we have this guy that can step out and hit a three but he still blocks shots and yeah. he still does this it's like he's that yeah I mean, he he's athletic too I mean he's to me he's a yeah he's good well, I was just gonna say, to, to me he's kind of just like a garbage time guy but I, I didn't want to say because that sounds really mean, like coming out of the mouth. You're a garbage player who should never see the light of day again. I just, but that's just honestly. Anyways, I don't, it, I'm like really no, trying not to sound mean. <laughs> no, it's garbage time. And like, well, I wanted to talk about can any of these guys contribute? Do you think? And so I think we're both sold on the AJ Lawson, like Omax, mm-hmm. either in spot minutes or eventually being able to contribute. Maybe Brandon yeah. Williams too, like. You know, the Mavs need an emergency guard, like the role McKinley Wright played last year. Yeah. I feel like he could he could play. So but here's yeah. I guess is this a better way of looking at it? If AJ Lawson or Omax have to get plugged into your to your rotation, yeah. You feel like you could still win that game comfortably. Like yeah. you're like, okay. If Brandon Williams or Greg Brown are plugged into your rotation for whatever reason, that doesn't feel great. If that <laughs> makes sense. But Brandon but it's just because Brandon Williams is 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 a smaller guard. He's just smaller and that's kind of a spooky thing in, in today's NBA, but he's like I said, he's got some game to him though. I, I do like I do like what I saw from him. I loved watching the hustle of that group too. I mean they're yeah. just all diving on the floor. You can just tell they're fighting for their NBA lives yeah. in some way. You just gotta love that too. That's why I like that's what I really like about AJ Lawson. I mean he just bring that's just him every game though. He just brings it. Yeah. And Omax too. Well AJ Lawson's hustle is is like everybody else's medium pace yeah <laughs> you know, it's like oh that guy's that was, hustling no that's he just tried to he save does. that he tried to save that ball and bounce to hardy and Ooh, just threw it he threw chucked it. that ball he chucked it it's like hey dude we're not as fast as you <laughs> like i know you think everyone can go get that like hardy you're supposed to be this really good athlete and he's like yeah but not not like that yeah not, not like that i wonder what his uh, 40 time is <laughs> i should ask him i bet he knows yeah probably um any other thoughts about anybody else that you saw tonight 
Dwight Powell's one of the more underpaid players in the league. Just what he brings. I mean, 26 minutes, nine rebounds, three assists, a steal and a block. Just a great game. Plus 32. Well, you said you said Josh Green had the highest plus minus. That is not true. Dwight Powell had a plus Oh, did 32. Dwight have 32? Yep, Dwight Powell had a plus 32. Just continues to just sort of um, play really well. Well, what? What do you? What, I'm supposed to sit here, and we're supposed to just bl- get on Dwight Powell every single game. What are we supposed to do when he plays good? <laughs> like, are can we you? not just say what when he plays well? What are you supposed to do when he plays good? That's a great question. Oh, I will say this: uh, there was that report that Cuban is sending out uh, 35 million dollars in bonuses. I did get my bonus for the, my Dwight Powell defense. <laughs> it says it in the memo. <laughs> yeah, it says Dwight Powell, fervent Dwight Powell defender. I was like, I'm not employed by the Mavericks. Oh, Dwight Powell, that's right. <laughs> There you go. Guys, thanks so much for hanging out with us on Lockdown Mavs. Let us know in the comment section what's one thing that stood out to you that you liked in this Mavs win. We'll be back. Uh, I should be back tomorrow either with a – I may do a trade show or I may do a bonus audio mailbag. So it depends. But keep subscribing to Lockdown where, wherever you get your podcasts on uh, YouTube as well. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom.